Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Our key scripture for this series is found in Romans. Take a look at it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and it reads this way. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, fellow Christians, in view of God's mercies. Now, if you read chapters 1 all the way through 11, it just tells us how God saved us by grace. We can't work for it. We just simply believe. It's awesome. Now, listen to what he says. He says, he says because of this, he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We could say it this way, man. All God's asking is that we surrender our hearts to him as Christians, and we say, God, we love you, we're so thankful, and you own me. And I just want to find out what you have to say. I want to find out what the word of God has to say, and and I want to renew my mind to those things. So this is something I have to do, not just once. I constantly remind myself that I'm going to surrender my heart to God, because this world just keeps trying to pull me to the side, and and I don't want that. I, I want the freedom that comes with being surrendered. And that's what the next verse is all about. Take a look at verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Remember, last week we mentioned to you, and if you weren't here for lesson one, it will change your life. It, it was amazing. Uh, just something that will change you forever. But you and I, from the time we were born, we've been programmed and our belief system believes some things that are actually not biblical. And so that's why he's saying, don't allow this world, don't allow what the world says is right or wrong to be your standard. But what do we do? It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And renewing your mind is just finding out what God says in the Bible. Talked about it a little last week. We read the Bible. We listen to the Bible on audio. We find some key scriptures. We wake up in the morning, read them, read them in the afternoon. Pretty soon you memorize them. And that literally tears down the wrong beliefs and brings in the right beliefs. But here's what's so important. It transforms the way we live. You can't do anything, anything to add to going to heaven. You're going there if you accepted Jesus. But how many of us want to live free in every area of our life? And this is what brings that freedom as we renew our minds. So I got to thinking... Uh, What do I want to do in all these lessons? First one, we talked about the actual renewing. Today and then the next two weeks, I'll be teaching all three of these upcoming lessons. I just asked, what's the most important thing that this world's programmed us the wrong way in that we can literally renew our minds? And so next week, I know next weekend's the weekend after Thanksgiving. So some of you are going to be visiting family. You won't be able to be here. Some of you are going to eat too much turkey and not feel like coming to church. And that's okay, but I want to encourage you on the BC app, on any smart device, or on our website, believers.cc, I want to encourage you to listen to lesson three, and then lesson four. They're, they're going to be amazing, life-changing lessons, but this also, this week, is a life-changing message. And I wasn't sure if I should teach it until I got out and looked at the stats that are out there, and the stats absolutely convinced me that this must be taught. So I want to give you a snapshot of what our nation, the Christians in our nation, believe about Jesus. This is what we believe about Jesus and whether or not he's the only way to heaven. Guys, check this out. 80% of Catholics and Protestants in the United States believe Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. Now, Pew Research is really solid. Did you notice this is 2008? I can guarantee you 10 years later, this is probably higher than 80%. But here's what it's saying. 80% of Catholics and Protestants, Christians, right? 80% of us uh, 
believe that you can go to heaven through another religion, or you can go to heaven and it's Jesus plus other things, or you can just go because you're a good person. And when I saw this stat, it alarmed me. So I know some of you right now, you're thinking, but that's Catholics and Protestants. And us Protestants, we hear longer sermons every week, right? So we would know our Bible better. So I'd like to just see this stat just with Protestants. Well, here it is, just with Protestants. 72% of Protestant Christians in the United States believe Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. They believe, again, there's other ways to get to heaven. And so the question is, is this what the Bible teaches? Because can we all agree culture's telling us that? Culture's pounding it in. Especially if you're 30 or under, it's been pounded into you way, way, way stronger than it was pounded into me. But they're also pounding my age now too. And, and they're just pounding us that that's not politically correct. You can't say Jesus is the only way to heaven. So if I'm stirring you up right now, I want you to do me a favor, all right? Anybody that's being stirred up, smile. And allow me to have another 20 minutes of your life, right? Allow me to have it. Just listen. And if you disagree at the end, okay, we can agree to be, to disagree, right? We can disagree and be agreeable. But I want to ask you to allow yourself to be challenged and to listen to what I'm about to teach. Now, I'm going to share another uh, interesting quote with you. This is a pastor who pastors a 10,000-member church. Uh, it was a church that was just like ours many years ago, but I want you to see where this guy's come to. And he said this, I'll read half and half. He said, there was a time when you would see people in the pulpit say, well, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. Well, that's not the best way to teach, teach it. But um, he goes on to say this, that's insanity in many ways because that is not what Jesus even believes. And I got to thinking, I'm not sure what Bible this guy's reading. Because if you read the Catholic or Protestant Bible, that is what Jesus believed. And I thought, I don't know what he's smoking. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Something happened to this guy. He's been deceived. Listen to the second half. People take many paths to God, and I personally celebrate the paths others take in finding him, even if the path does not involve faith in Jesus. Now, I would say this. Um, all of us walk different paths that lead us to Jesus, right? And there's a lot, I mean, there's a story behind every one of us. We've all walked different paths. But if you read your Bible, it does not teach that there's other ways outside of Jesus for us to make it to heaven. And so this is my big idea for this lesson, guys. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. Some of us know it. And for those of you that know it, I want to really, really exhort you not to allow the rest of this message to become white noise, like, you know, that background noise that you ignore and don't even notice it's there. Don't allow that to happen. Because here's what happens to so many of us. We know what I'm about to teach, but it, it's just way back here out of sight. And we want to bring it here and put it into the focus in our life. Because here's the big idea, and this is why it's important. What you believe about Jesus will determine how you live for Jesus. And if you don't believe he's the only way, you will live differently. You, you won't have a passion for souls. But if you believe he's the only way, it just, it just brings this passion in your heart to lead as many people to Christ as you can. So you guys have all, mostly everybody's heard my story. I had this guy witness to me. It took about three months. I made fun of him at first. But then I accepted Christ. And what he did, I went to some Bible studies with him. He just hammered it into me. 
Joe, there's only one way to Jesus. And this, was, this is what made me so mad at him. This is why I was upset. Joe, there's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus. Joe, there's only one way to heaven. And at first it just angered me. But then when I accepted Christ, I understood it. So I had this passion level, like everybody I loved, every friend I had, if they didn't meet Jesus, they couldn't go to heaven. So it really changes the way you live, right? So I remember I had this set of closest friends. These are the guys I partied with and got high with. And I thought, I need to bring them to Christ. And so I was five or six weeks old in the Lord. I went over to one of their homes and they were smoking the hooch that night. And probably not a good idea for me to walk in there, but I, I was tempted, but didn't give in. So, so I didn't inhale. So, all right, all right. So <laughs> didn't inhale. So it was hard not to inhale. It felt filled the house, right? So I start talking to them about Jesus and just telling them, guys, I had this experience. And, you know, now I would handle it a lot differently. I'd be a little more subtle. I'd grab them one at a time. But, you know, I was just zealous. And I had this experience. And Jesus changed my life. And I gave my heart to him. This light went on inside. And I understand the Bible now. I want you guys to come into the kingdom. They just, they let me have it. And they said, no, 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 no. We don't want to hear about Jesus. Similar to what I did to Lou. And then they just said, hey, if that's what you're going to talk about, we, we can't be friends. We don't want to go to lunch with you. We don't want to do anything with you if you're going to tell us about Jesus. I kept saying, you need to come to church. So I lost all my friends. Uh, and I probably could have did a little slower, worked it a little better over time, but I, I didn't, you know, I was just zealous. But here's what's really cool. You know, every one of those friends that said they didn't want to hear it, over time they all came to accept Christ. And it's amazing. So five years ago, the last one, I, I look out here on this side and he's in service and he's smiling, and I'm not sure. He was my rowdiest friend, and I don't know if he's going to disrupt service, so I don't know. He just has a smile on his face, and I'm so thankful. You know, in every service, we have undercover security. They're former police officers or military, and then we have them in the hallways, walking to children's halls, and so I was just confident, well, they're here anyway, no matter what he does, right? So then I met him in the lobby, and he comes up, and he hugs me. He goes, Joe, I got to take you to lunch. And so we went to lunch the next day, and we're sitting at lunch. He goes, I, I live in Colorado, he's telling me, but I was in Texas on business, and I saw this little church, and I just decided to go on a Sunday to this little church. He said the pastor was a former Hell's Angel biker guy. He said, and I was mesmerized, and he said, at the end of that service, I gave my heart to Jesus, and he said, I now understand what you were trying to tell me. Here's what's really important. The most powerful message in all the world is the good news of Jesus. And you have to understand how powerful it is. Paul said this in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. The good news, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Can't work your way to heaven. You need to accept him. He said, for it is the power of God that results in salvation to everybody that believes. And that word power is dunamis. We talked about it last, year, last week. It's where we derive our English word dynamite. It's the creative, explosive power of God. And even if someone doesn't accept Jesus, that seed stays in there and it just rumbles and rumbles. And eventually, they, 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 I believe they'll come to the kingdom. We just keep praying for them, etc. So what you believe about Jesus will determine how you live for Jesus. So I wanted to share three really important things about Jesus for all of us and, and just help you see what the Bible says, what Jesus says about himself. And I realize, guys, I realize what our culture is saying, and yet... Uh, this is why people were put to death in the Bible days. This is why people are put to death 
in modern times. This is why Peter was crucified. Uh, and when he was crucified, historians tell us Peter said, I do not want to be crucified like Jesus, and they crucified him upside down. That's why the Apostle Paul, who wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, that's why he was martyred. They decapitated him. Do you know why they decapitated him? He refused to say that Jesus wasn't the only way to heaven. Culture was pushing you back then. They put this guy to death. And I look at these guys, and I think, man, we live in a country where that's not going to happen, right? People might be mad at us, might not talk to us, might make fun of us. But if these guys gave their life, the least we can do is take a stand because that's the most powerful message in the world, and it will bring people to Christ. So here's my first thought, guys. This is a powerful one. Uh, Jesus is God and has always existed. Now, here's why this is important to me. You know, Jesus said, he said, I'm no longer going to call you servants because if you believe in me, you're my friend. And so aren't you glad we're friends of God? That's amazing. But I also think it's important to remember, especially when we're worshiping, it's just important to remember he also is God. He's deity. And that just brings a certain awe or reverence in, in my heart just to think, I'm, I, I know I'm his friend, but he's God, and I'm not God. I'm just down here. And it's just good to have that reverence and think about what he did for us. Here's a cool scripture, John 1.14. The word became flesh. Now, the word in John is Jesus. Becoming flesh is what we're celebrating not, not long from now, right? We're celebrating Christmas. This is referring to him being born as a baby. And so Mary had a baby. The body came from the Holy Spirit, conception by the Holy Spirit. So he had a body that was like Adam and Eve before they sinned. He was sinless in body, and he had to pass the test of not falling. But inside that body came God who already existed, and he lived amongst us. Listen, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. They saw the miracles he did, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I read this so I could go up to verse 1 and 2, and you would understand the word is Jesus. So listen to verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the word, that's Jesus. And the word Jesus was with God. And if we stop there, we could say what some religions say, some other religions. We could say, well, Jesus is like Michael and Gabriel, the archangels. He's like Lucifer. God created him. But no, it doesn't stop there. Listen to what it says. And the word was God. So God here is the Father, and the word is Jesus, God the Son. There's one God, three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he was way back there in the beginning, and he's as much God as God the Father. And think about how cool this is. He came to the earth to die for us. And that's the only way God created for mankind to make it to heaven. That's point number one. Here's point number two. This is fascinating. Jesus taught that the majority of people won't go to heaven. And what do I mean by that? I'm not talking about those of you that have believed in him. No, he, it's, it's the majority of people that live on this earth. The majority of them will not accept him. And, and yet he wants us to reach out to everybody we can reach out to. So it doesn't matter if you're Catholic, Protestant. If you believed in him, you get to go to heaven. You can't work your way there. But he's just saying the majority of people will choose not to accept him. But we don't know who they're going to be, so we want to share him with everybody, right? So listen to this stat. 66% of evangelicals believe heaven is a place, here's the emphasis, all people go to, uh, to reunite with their loved ones. And so all that means is, this is a universalism that's creeping into the church, and it just means this, that people are beginning to just believe that if you're a good person, everybody gets to go to heaven. And here's what's alarming about this stat. The evangelicals, 
they're Protestants, but they're a division of Protestants that believe the only way you can go to heaven is by being born again and accepting Jesus. So I want you to see how far 66% of them, they've been taught, but culture has just pushed them into this universalism. So here's what happens today, guys. Um, you'll hear stories about people that had out, uh, you know, out-of-the-body experiences, near-death experiences. They die, and they come back. They say, I went to heaven. And you'll hear stories, maybe on YouTube, maybe a movie's made from them, maybe a book. You just hear these stories. And um, here's how you can know if it's a true story. Because remember, the Bible says the devil is an angel of light. He can appear that way. And he can give people out-of-the-body experiences. Some people make things up just to be popular. But here's how you know if someone really went to heaven. You ready? If they come back and they say, oh, it was so pretty and it was beautiful, that's okay. That's, it, it should be, right? I saw some of my relatives. That's cool. That's awesome. But if they just talk about how nice it was and they saw these people they knew and they say nothing else, they're either making it up or they didn't go. Because listen, let me tell you, they saw Jesus. They say, let me tell you, if you see Jesus, you go to heaven and see him, Jesus is going to look at you and here's what he's going to say. Now I'm sending you back. You have work to do. And Remember what I wrote in my book, the Bible. Remember, I'm the only way to heaven. No one can get there through me. So you plead with people. You let people know they must accept me as their savior. And if they don't, they can't come here. And then remind them of what I said. And if people come back, say they went to heaven, and they're not emphasizing that, Jesus would never send you back. See, that's that universalism that wants all of us to feel like everybody's going there. But Jesus didn't teach that. Can I read some scripture to you? Listen to this. Uh, Matthew 7, 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. That, that's referring to judgment or e eternal damnation. And it, it says, And many enter through it. Verse 14, But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life. That's eternal life, no judgment, because you accepted Jesus, he took your judgment. And only a few that find it. So big gate, little gate. Listen to what Jesus said, John 10, 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters in through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. So I want you to think about it. The big gate would be all these other religions, good people that believe in them. They're not all bad people. They're really nice people. Or uh, Jesus plus all kinds of other things or, or uh, just good works. That's really broad. Then you have this little gate. It's pretty narrow, and it's, you know, it just kind of says, Jesus is the only way, and you can't get there any other way. So here's how I live my life. I'm grabbing people out of this wide gate, and I'm just trying to just push them into the little gate. Get in that gate. Get in that gate. And that's why I do altar calls at the end of every service. That's why I share Christ with people I meet walking through life. Why? Because I really believe what she said. It's a really narrow gate. And there's few people that find it. And so what you believe about Jesus will determine how you live for Jesus. It brings your passion level way up. One more stat. This one blew my gaskets, let me tell you. Here it is. Um, out of the 7.5 billion people alive on planet Earth, 31% claim to be of the Christian faith. These could be people like us. We accepted Jesus. Or it could be people that just grew up in church. Grandpa did, great-grandpa did, and they just have been in church their whole life, Christian church, but they really haven't given their hearts to Jesus. It's just more of a religion to them. And, and then it goes on to say this. A two, 2017 Christian Post poll estimates that only 13%, 975 million people on planet Earth, listen to this, currently alive, 
are true born-again Christians. That means that about 6.5 billion people aren't Christians. That, that is tough. That's emotional to me. So just 13%, right around a billion people, have given their hearts and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. That's a lot of people that haven't. That's the wide road, and then there's the narrow road. And again, some of us know this, but I just want to bring it back into focus. Some of you, I'm challenging your thinking, and that's okay. That's a good thing. Just keep listening. Here's my third point, and we'll work with this, this second point. It goes like this. Jesus is the only way of salvation. I want to show you what Jesus said about himself. And this one, this one's tough, and let me tell you why. To me, it's very emotional because... I know people, I love people, I'm related to people, and the thought of them not making heaven really bugs me. So I, I, run, I rub shoulders with people in the community, and I had met this Hindu man, and I asked him to lunch. We rub shoulders just walking through life. And so we're at lunch, and I was just uh, sharing Jesus with him and saying, hey, you know, Jesus said this, and Jesus said that, and the Bible says this. And he looked at me and he said, hey, I grew up in India, I went to Methodist school, grade school, junior high, high school. I went all the way through Methodist school. And, and he said, uh, I memorize Bible scriptures, but I don't believe Jesus is the only way. And he said, I, I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to change. And I was okay with that because a seed is planted, right? But here's what bugs me. I walked away and I thought, this man is a good man. He lives a good life. He's a good person. And I thought, Lord, this is a tough message because... He's really a good person, but Jesus is saying, hey, that gate is small. And I think that's what happens in our culture. They're just like, oh, come on now. That can't be true, but that's what Jesus taught. Here's what also is tough about it. I have a grandpa I never met. I probably met him, but I don't remember. It was my mom's dad, and he died when I was six months old. But I never, ever really remember him, talked to him. And the thought that he might not have known Jesus and he may not be in heaven really bugs me. Isn't that emotional? That, that's what makes this message emotional. But I like to turn it around, and I like to have the attitude, okay, I want to try to bring everybody into the kingdom that currently doesn't know Jesus. I want to bring other people's grandparents in. I want to bring other people's friends in. And so what you believe about Jesus will determine how you live for Jesus. But listen to what Jesus said about Jesus. It, it goes like this, guys. Um, John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, that's, he's in heaven, God the Father, except through me, Jesus. Now, if you read the, the Gospel of John, I, I listened to the audio version this week all the way through of John. Jesus says this over and over, tons of places. It's just everywhere. And Jesus is saying, I'm the little gate. There's no other way to God but through me. And it's a powerful message when you talk about what he did because that's the power of God that brings people to salvation. Listen to what John um, 8, 24 says. I told you that you would die in your sins if you don't believe that I am he. And the verses above, he's talking about being the Messiah. He goes on to say, you will indeed die in your sins. What does it mean to die in your sins? The Catholic Church would say it this way, we're born with original sin. In Protestant churches, we say we're born sin-stained. It's the same thing. Uh, Adam and Eve's sin makes us be born sin-stained, original sin. And if we don't do something about it, eternity has two addresses, heaven and the other place, right? So if you don't do something about it, you can't go to the address everybody wants to go to. You can only get there through the little gate. 
Jesus. That's what it means. Listen to what he said here. Uh, the Bible says this in John 3.18. Whoever believes in him, Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. The word condemned means eternally judged, all right? You're judged. Jesus took our judgment, so when we accept him, we don't have to worry about that, right? Listen, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Jesus is saying it this way. You ready? I, I wrote this down just to make it simple. Here's what Jesus is saying. It's not the bad things we do that keep us out of heaven, but the one thing we don't do. That's what keeps people out of heaven. And when you understand that Jesus is the only way there and you renew your mind to it, what you believe about Jesus will really change the way you live for Jesus. You'll have this passion come up. So I want to read one more scripture. This is the first sermon ever preached after Jesus was raised from the dead. Here's how this sermon goes. Peter's preaching. Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else under all heaven. There is no other name for men to call upon to save them. He's just saying Jesus is the only way to salvation. And this is really powerful. When you believe it, it changes everything. So we live in a culture that says, no, no, no. But when someone grabs a hold of this, everything changes. I remember my mom and dad. Uh, my mom came in a couple months after I did. I was the first one that accepted Christ in my family. And then some brothers, and then my mom. My dad took a whole year. He was stubborn, but he eventually accepted Jesus, right? So they're now Christians. They've accepted Christ. And mom asked me, she, she sent out about a, a little bit over 100 Christmas cards every year to friends and family at Christmas time. She said, can I write a note and tell them I met Jesus and put a gospel track in there? That's just a little pamphlet that talks about receiving Jesus, accepting him. I said, mom, that's a great idea. And my dad's name is Jim. So my mom wrote these cards out. Jim and I, it was just so cute. We met Jesus this year and accepted him and it changed our life and we'd like you to and we put a little pamphlet in here and she mailed it to all family and all friends. And a lot of them didn't talk to mom and dad for a while. The brothers and sisters did, but they said, don't talk to us about that Jesus thing. But other relatives and friends just, they wrote my mom and dad off. But why did mom and dad do that? Well, because what you believe about Jesus determines how you live for Jesus. So you're listening. You say, well, how do I live my life? Well, I think there has to be some wisdom in it, right? So I came up with this. This is, if you believe this message, this is how you should live your life. You ready? It goes like this. Model, pray, share, invite, serve, and give. And model doesn't mean, you know, walking down the runway like, look at me, man. I'm looking good. No, 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 no. Model is you're the light of the world. Let your light shine, right? It's just, it's just living the Christian life in front of people. And just letting them see it in your lives, letting them see the hope, the love, the kindness. And you know what people will eventually do? They'll ask you, man, what is it about you? This world's nuts. How do you have peace and so on? How do you have purpose? And they'll just ask you questions, right? And pray is real simple, right? Pray is just, Father, you opened my eyes up to Jesus. Would you open so-and-so's eyes up to Jesus? Let them see Jesus. Let Jesus become real. Just simple prayers like that. And then, guys, sharing and inviting is just that part where we say, you know what? Sooner or later, we have to do the big ask and ask them to come to church or invite them to, you know, to church or share Jesus with them. And that's, guys, that's where the power is so powerful when they hear the message of Jesus. That's why I do an altar call at the end of every service. I'll never forget this. And, and many of you won't, won't, this majority of you will not enjoy what I'm about to say, but 
when I was in Bible school, I just loved to go out on the streets and street witness. I enjoyed it. I was nervous every time I went, you know, at the beginning, but then I, I just wanted to do it. And so Friday and Saturday nights, I was single, hadn't met Gina yet, had nothing to do but get in trouble. So I just thought, let me go out on the streets and talk to people about Jesus. And uh, one night we wandered a little further in a part of town and we saw this biker's bar and this, you know, loud music was coming out and, and uh, these, these guys on Harleys, you know, sitting outside, a bunch of them inside. And I told my friend, I said, let's go talk to them about Jesus. And they said, are you sure? I, mean, these, I said, and I'm just this clean cut Bible school kid. I'm not gonna relate to them, you know, as far as where they're at in life. But I thought, yeah, let's, let's go tell them about Jesus. So I remember going up to this one biker and I just began to talk to him, just opened the door, said, hey, I wanna tell you something that changed my life. And, 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 and I told him, you know, I, I did some bad things, and, but I met this Jesus, you know. And you know, I found bikers, these bikers to be the friendliest. They allowed me, they were nicer than regular people that I shared Jesus with. They were just nice. And this guy listened to me, and I know some would be on nice, but, but, but they listened to me. And, and, and at the end, you, have to, you know when you have to say, you wanna pray with me, that's, that's the tough part, right? But I, I remember I said that, and I'm telling you, that, that was a night I'll never forget. I'm able to share it right now. When that, when that biker, he looked at me and said, yeah, I'm ready to pray and accept Jesus. And he prayed with me and accepted Jesus. You know why that happened? It's the most powerful message on planet Earth. And he might not have accepted, but that seed would have stayed in there and done some rumbling inside of him, right? Then we serve and give. What does it mean to serve and give? Well, church does everything that God's telling us to do. We just do it at higher levels. So in order to do what we do as a church, we need volunteers. So our Dream Team volunteers, when you serve, you're helping bring even more people to Christ on a weekly basis. And then giving is just saying, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help this church financially do what it's called to do, connect the city with God. And if you just live your life that way, keep this in focus. It changes everything. So I wanna close with some really exciting news. And I'm believing these things to happen in our area. Because I do believe there'll be an end time revival and, 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 and multitudes will come in. But I'm just talking when, you know, over time, Jesus said the majority of people will not accept me. But let me share some stats with you. This, this first one's amazing. About 500 Muslims come to faith in Christ every month in Iran. And that may seem small, but listen to the rest of this. It's a country ranked among the top 10 persecutors of Christians in the world. Many of the new believers are young since 70% of Iran is under the age of 30. This is really cool. Now, they're not just Muslims, they're radicalized Muslims. And the thought of 500 a month coming to Christ shows you how powerful our gospel is. Well, look at this next stat. Every day, 20,000 Africans come to Christ. Isn't that amazing? When we end our day, 20,000 people will have accepted Christ on the African continent. Here's one more. Uh, there are currently 60 to 80 million Christians in China, a, a little over a billion people. So six to 7% of the people in China have accepted Christ as their savior. Listen to this, with between 10 to 25,000 converts a day. So add that with Africa. And you know what I'm believing here? I'm believing for your loved ones, your family, your friends. I'm believing in this valley, guys, TCI Borman. I'm believing here in Trumbull County. I'm believing for a harvest of souls to come in because that's what God's wanting to do. But man, if we don't put this as a focus, we'll just forget how important it is and we go through life. And Jesus said, no, there's just this little gate. So guys, before I pray, can we give it up and say thank you, God, for sending Jesus and thank you for what you're doing around the globe. We're excited about it, man. Absolutely awesome. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. 
You know, I don't have to say much. My, my message was kind of like an altar call today, right? But heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, obviously you know I'm not asking you to join a church or religion. And I'm not asking you if you're water baptized a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal? I was 19. My parents were close to 40. Can you remember that day when you said, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. I believe you're the only way to heaven. If you can't, but you're listening now, TCI, Borman here, why not make this that day in your life if you say, I believe that. Would you pray with me right now? Borman, TCI here, would you join us? And everybody, can we help them? Just say this after me. Lord God, I thank you for the Savior, Jesus. And I believe he is the salvation, the only salvation you gave to mankind. Jesus, I believe God raised you out of that grave. You died for my sins, and you're the Savior. This day, I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. It's a very special moment for many people listening. If you prayed that prayer, listen, miracles happen. God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. You just walked through the small gate, man. That's absolutely awesome. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, you may not have felt all that, but it happened. You know what else is happening? The Bible teaches us that if one person on the planet accepts Jesus, all of heaven erupts into celebration. God the Father, God the Son, they're all, everybody, the angels, they're up there just shouting and, and celebrating because you become one of God's kids. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.